Welcome to The Emily Osmond Show. I'm your host, Emily Osmond, an online marketing educator, leader of an incredible global community of female entrepreneurs and a content creator based in Melbourne, Australia. This show is designed to bring you practical strategies and candid real stories of entrepreneurs to help you make marketing, mindset and money your superpowers. Let's get into the show. Julia Green is a household name in the world of interior styling and is one of the most published stylists in Australia from the last decade. Julia styles and writes for many interior lifestyle magazines, including Inside Out, Real Living and Home Beautiful, just to name a few. She's appeared multiple times on The Block TV show, spoken at events such as Life in Style and Grand Designs Live, and is the founder of a thriving interiors wholesale business, Greenhouse Interiors, where she represents over 40 boutique artists to hundreds of retailers in Australia and New Zealand. In this episode, Julia opens up about the unglossy side of business, speaking candidly and honestly about the challenges, sacrifices, learnings and pressure involved with building and maintaining a successful business and well-known brand. I just loved this chat with Julia and feel very grateful to how honest she was as she shared and spoke and answered all my questions. As you're listening to this episode, take a screenshot, share it on your social media, tag in Julia at Greenhouse Interiors and myself at Emily Osmond. I would love to hear if you tuned in. And while you're there too, if you haven't already, make sure you head along and take my free Instagram strategy workshop. This is really going to help you if you're currently perhaps dabbling or using Instagram for your business, but not seeing a whole lot of results and you're ready to understand how to really leverage the power of this platform to attract more of your ideal customers and also ultimately to make more money online. So go to emilyosmond.com forward slash free, enter your details and enjoy my free Instagram strategy workshop. Now let's get into the show. Well, Juliet, thanks for joining me today. Oh, Emily, it's been a long time coming and I'm thrilled that we're finally getting the chance to chat. So good. So for those that don't know of Julia Green and Greenhouse Interiors, what is it that you spend your days doing? <laughs> it's a good question. Sometimes I ask myself the same. <laughs> Look, my days are so varied. There is no such thing as, you know, alarm goes off, goes to office and comes home. It's just not that way in my world. So every day presents a new a new challenge. Uh, so I could be writing magazine copy. I could be styling someone's home. I could be doing an interior decorating job. Usually I'm talking to one of the 50 artists that I represent. So there's quite a, a host of creative people in my gang and they all really rely on my business to help get the word out on the street about their artwork so that takes a lot of time and effort I could be writing press releases or I might be designing a new range for our own business which we uh, have just started doing and launched our first collection a year ago now so we have our own linen brand which is exciting so yeah every day is so different there really are no two that look the same Mm. and you didn't grow up with 
the business that you have now in mind, or at least it didn't start off that way with your early career. No. You, you had quite a different entry into the workforce. What was it that you used to do? <laughs> I know. It's so funny when I say this, I still pinch myself that, you know, I feel like I'm a split personality. Once upon <laughs> a time I was this person and now I'm someone completely yeah. different. But yeah, look, after uni, I got a job in the pharmaceutical industry. So I've always referred to myself as a, a legal drug peddler. But yeah, I was <laughs> drugs on the street. No, not quite on the street, but spent 17 years in that time off and mm. had a whole range of like roles and titles within that time. But most importantly, I was just exposed to the business world, admittedly from a pharmaceutical perspective. But it taught me so much just about how to run a business from all facets. So everything from recruitment and, and picking the right people for jobs through to managing people, through to selling, marketing. I wore a different hat in that job quite often. And it really, as much as I hated every single day of it, if I'm truthful, it was the groundwork that has given me the framework to do what I do now, but just in a much more fun and creative industry. But yeah, the actual transition itself was a really strange one. I'm the first yes. to admit that I, I never saw myself in this industry. I didn't really even no jobs existed like the one I've got now and it's been one of those just make it to your make it kind of situations because I was 10 months pregnant I was about to have a baby that day and I got a knock on the door from this guy who was buying a couch that I'd been selling on eBay and when he arrived to my house to pick up the couch he just kept looking around at everything in my house and I was like <laughs> this protective nesting mother about to give birth and I just thought, where's the baseball bat? You know, you're not cutting, you're not messing with me. And it turns out this poor guy was, there was nothing malicious at all. He was simply there to pick up his couch and was curious as to why my house looked the way it did. And I didn't know what that meant. So when I said, you know, you, you were right. <laughs> what, are you, what are you looking at? He's like, oh, I just, sorry, sorry. I just wondered who you styled for. And I'm like, oh, do you mean like eBay? You know, how embarrassing is that? Who styles for eBay anyway? Uh, and he laughed. I think he thought I was trying to be funny and I wasn't. I, I just didn't know what else to say. And he said, oh, I just assumed you're a stylist. And I said, oh, what are they? And he said, well, you know, people that do this to their houses that have homes that look really lovely like yours. And I said, oh, thanks. That's nice. Anyway, here's your couch. And he said, oh, sorry, I should have introduced myself. Here's my card. And turned out he was a photographer for Vogue. And I kind of nearly fainted at that point. I'm like, oh, right, yeah, I know that magazine. That's a really good one. <laughs> and I was like, yes, it's a good one. And uh, he just said, look, you know, once you've had that baby, you should just change jobs. You shouldn't be in the pharmaceutical industry. So I just took his card and had a baby two hours later and that was the end what? of the story. Oh, yeah, my gosh. Yeah, just a random situation. And I forgot all about him. He was not in the forefront of my baby brain. <laughs> So I just slotted his card into a little drawer and I remember literally the day before my maternity leave was running out and I had to go back into this, you know, corporate wasteland. Yeah. I remember thinking, I can't, I just can't go. I don't want to do it. I never liked it and I'm certainly not going to like it anymore going back now with a baby at home. So I had this flashback and I was like, guy, like, was he just being nice or should I actually give this a crack? So I remember picking up the phone and ringing him and it was one of those like, beep, 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 beep moments. And I'm like, oh, God, he's overseas. And sure enough, he was in Italy. He had no idea who I was, couldn't really remember. And then all of a sudden he said, oh, I remember you. Yes, yes, yes. I'm in Italy. I can't help you, but ring this person because they're looking for someone for a shoot tomorrow. Oh, my God. And I remember thinking, oh, good Lord, what on earth am I going to do? What do you do? What's a shoot? What yeah. happens? 
And hilariously, I remember turning up to my first shoot in high heels and like a really pretty dress thinking <laughs> I had to look, I don't know, like I was still in the corporate industry and those shoes came off within five seconds once yeah. I realised what was involved in styling. That's the story and it's been a runaway train. I really haven't got off that treadmill since that day and yeah. Yeah, now I've been fortunate enough to have spent 11 years in the industry styling for all of the magazines and writing for them and yeah, trying my hand at different things um, the whole time, which is fun. So from that day styling, hmm. what did your business growth look like from there? Was it then you just picking up more and more styling work? How did Greenhouse Interiors come about? Yeah, it's such a good question because one relies on the other, if that makes sense. Hmm. So I started out with styling and became very busy very quickly and I'm convinced it's not because of any kind of creative prowess I'll be really <laughs> critical about that I mean I'm all right but I'm not I don't think I'm anything amazing I just have a really good work ethic and I mm -hmm. get the job done I listen to people I read the brief and deliver on what people want rather than think I can be some creative genius and give them something that's better but not what they wanted I think there's a lot of business practicality that comes into being good at your craft and people forget that in the creative industry they just think you need to be creatively brilliant and yes. that's obviously helpful and a big part of it but it's not the be all and end all so yeah I think you know that's just worth keeping in mind it's very attitudinal and I think I've completely forgotten what your question was but tell me <laughs> <laughs> oh good you said you've had a bit of a, a no sleep evening so yeah. I'm here to keep you on track <laughs> yeah you'll, um, you're gonna have to really you know, night rain today Emily I am a bit of a, a wayward person at the best of times no it's so good no I was wondering when and how greenhouse interiors came about That's your right. actual business because I remember coming across your business years ago mm -hmm. and I wonder how long it took for you to create that from starting yes. out in styling I assume it wasn't instantly you're like well I'm gonna now create this business or perhaps it was it sort of was and that's the funny story because like with the briefs that would come my way for finding different props to take on to different shoots I would be constantly banging my head up against a brick wall trying to find these things that when I did find them I'd be like wow this is good so where where else can people find this like if we put this into a magazine and they're like oh at a market once every two months you know yeah. in Red Hill and I'm like well yeah you could probably sell things more often than once every two months at Red Hill so I started to realize that the styling and the propping could really lead to this gap where I could have a website and put all of these beautiful curated finds that were special and were going to inevitably attract great attention anyway because of where they were going with different magazine shoots. And that's where Greenhouse began. So, yeah, it started out me just styling and I really only did that for probably three to four months before wow. Greenhouse just took off. So they were fairly symbiotic in timing because they relied on each other and so each time I'd find a new artist and I don't mean art just in the traditional sense of you know push behind glass hanging on a wall I mean beautiful sculptural ceramics through to weaves you know all sorts of different creative finds I just felt it made sense to have this one-stop shop of all these amazing beautiful things from usually handmade I might add mm. so really special and often the artists wouldn't know how to promote themselves. And for me, that yes. was the part that was the easiest part. Like I just saw that as just a walk in the park. After 17 years of selling drugs, you can sell anything. I can tell yeah. you that much. And they loved that because it was yeah. giving them a platform to step out onto and be in the limelight without really having to put themselves out there because I would be doing that for them. 
So that's the way it started and it's still going strong. So we started out with just a couple of artists, you know, within the first few months. One of them is still with me today, which is really like a testament to the kind of tribe that I think we've attracted. Karen Morton is a ceramicist and, yeah, she's still making incredible things and we just have such a a fabulous friendship and relationship from working together all that time. And it's grown from, you know, a couple through to I think we're just shy of 50 now. And the only reason it keeps growing is the demand is growing with it. So I find that if I'm going to keep the audience satisfied and happy and I need to constantly expand to find new things so yeah yeah, and it's like a full-time job you know luckily a lot of people are applying now and it's certainly not me doing all the grunt work of trying to you know track down all of it on my own I am lucky to be approached now quite often but finding the right fit is important and that's Mm. you know one thing that I'm really really careful about because it's one thing to be creative but it's another thing to have your moral compass in the right direction you know have your ethics there have the right attitude to your job and your work and to customers and so I look for all of that as much as I look for the creative now because I figure if you get somebody on board they could be Picasso but if they're not interested in a good customer experience then I just don't want that on my head so yeah it's a culmination of things I'm like got my recruitment hat back on and I tick all the boxes you know in looking for that right fit so and it's really important to get it. Do you want to explain to those that haven't come across come across your brand before a little bit how it works? You you represent the artist. People could go onto your website. They then can choose to make a sale. And I think the artist, or do you have a mixture? The artist will then fulfil that order. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's mainly the case with artwork because we custom print to order. But there are certain products that are ready to go and made and might be made in a batch of six, for instance, or whatever. Everything is quite small and curated and not mass at all. That's everything we do is really considered. You're not walking into a place that's a product that you're going to sell on everyone's shelves. So that's the opposite to our business mantra. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, people can jump onto the website. We have 50 artists that I represent and I look after their sales and their marketing and do a lot of their PR. So it's look, yeah. for them, it's a really good deal. I think most of them would tell you that it's been a total game changer. Mm. We've had many that have left full-time jobs to now create full-time. We've got mums that, you know, have a couple of little babies at home that sneak off to the studio at night and paint and still earn six figures. So, you know, like it's a very lucrative industry when and it's not about being lucrative I need to add that in it's that's Mm. just a buy like a a benefit that happens to be a a byproduct of a great relationship you have so the the artists that I work really well with you can see it in the numbers it's really interesting they're invested in my business and I'm invested in theirs the moment it's a one-way street I can tell you Mm. it will never work so that's why the recruitment of the right people is so crucial yes it's your brand too you know if the delivery doesn't meet up to customer expectations on their end it would be damaging to your brand too so I can imagine it's so important to find the right fit and then continue to manage that fit too sure is yeah it really is a full-time job and that part of the business is what's expanded the most I mean styling is styling and will always be styling Um, and that is you know a a privilege and it's one I'm still very grateful for to this day I don't rest on my laurels and go oh well I've done that I still think it's such an honor to be invited into somebody's home to capture that to put inside a magazine and I'm so old-fashioned with print media I just love it 
you know, I really think it'll be a sad day one day if we just all digitally focused without that hard copy mm. to touch and feel. I even love smelling the paper stock, you know, it's all of that yes. stuff. It's just a whole another level. So, yeah, I think it's a really important thing to get it right for the fit and, and I think any good business will really invest in the right people. So I think that's a big part of our success in country. I'm curious to know, what have you found challenging over the years, perhaps in business? Have there been any kind of challenges that you've had to manage? I'm sure there have been. And, and what yeah. have they looked like? And, and maybe even what you just find a little harder in business? To be honest with you, Emily, I think people look into my life and my world and they think it's just some, I don't know, I walk around fluffing cushions all day and it looks fun and glamorous and exciting. And behind all of that facade, I can promise you there has been very little sleep, so much hard work. It's physical, the styling side of things. You're up and down ladders, you're scrubbing people's floors. You know, it's just, it's not glamorous. And I think yeah. the perception of this job is really a myth that needs to be dispelled. The challenges are many, not so much from a styling perspective, but the growing pains of any small business that's expanding. There's just so much to consider. And I'm really, really fortunate that my husband jumped in five years ago now to run the business with me because I was drowning. I, I just could not wear that many hats. Yeah. And I look at where we were five years ago and the business was healthy and doing good things, but now it's just gone off like a rocket. You know, we have new people on the books in terms of staff members that have yes. certain jobs, so that's alleviating the stress of me having to do absolutely everything. I think I've given up a lot of my private life to be in this job and this role because when you run your own show and you would know this Emily because you're the same it just can be quite all-encompassing and yes you know we live and breathe and eat and sleep it I don't even think we sleep it because we don't sleep but you know we're, we're 14 15 hour a day yeah that's the pace we're running at and it's and no matter who I put on how many more staff I put on it's still trying to keep up like we're growing that fast that it's it's a challenge it's a good challenge it's a good one to have I'm very grateful for that but I just don't have all the answers I'm not everybody's go-to and I'm sick of trying to be that for everybody that's been really tough like really mentally draining and you know, I put so much into what I do and sometimes you don't get it all the way back either. So it's learning to manage that from a personal level that's been tricky for me. So there you go. I'm giving you warts and all. It looks all very pretty and glamorous and fluffy from the outside and underneath it all, there have been tears, <laughs> there have been tantrums, there's been laughter and a lot of fabulous things yeah. too, but it hasn't fallen off a tree into my lap and I haven't just sat there and waited for it all to happen. I have yeah. chased down every single opportunity, half the time not knowing exactly what I'm doing, but I'm just prepared to give it a crack. And that's mm. the difference between somebody that goes after it and really chases it rather than just sitting back and going, well, I'm brilliant creatively and it'll come. And that's fine. It might happen for a few people out there, but I wasn't in that boat. I had a chance encounter and I just, that sliding doors moment was just enough to make me go, righty ho, let's give this a go then, shall we? And I went hard at the loss of a lot of other things, you know. I've got a handful of friends left that still love me, that still say, oh, my God, you've been absent for 10 years we haven't seen you but they know when they've got me I'm I'm all there so yeah. it comes with its pros and cons doesn't it running your own show absolutely at the same time like I can't imagine ever working for someone else I didn't yeah. I wasn't a very good employee 
there's definitely trade-offs, but I think it's also, we wouldn't really want to be doing anything differently, but I think it's also recognizing, okay, is this, are there some changes I need to try and make here as well? You mentioned that you were sick of being the go-to. Is this from, from perhaps people in the business and you're like, okay, I need more help. I need to keep hiring. Is that kind of what it looked like? Totally. For you? Yeah. Look, that can be, yeah. and I think also when you start something like I did, you've been the person that everybody's dealt with. And so you have been the one that's been giving all the answers for so long. Yeah. When you transition from that and say, you know what, guys, I've employed somebody else to come in to the job to, to look after this particular part they still come to you because it's habit and it's and you're the one that's helped for that long. So teaching people that I'm not the only person in the world that will be able to answer that question. There are plenty mm-hmm. of others and I'd rather put my resources into selling more of your work or doing more PR for you rather than, you know, being bogged down into, so how do I price this? How do I put a price on this piece? You know, other people know how to do that. It's the eternal <laughs> question, how do I price something? Yes. Oh, God, don't get me started. I mean, I do have excellent insight into that and I think yeah. that's been a really big part of our business, learning where products sit and what there's that sweet spot, isn't there, where yes. people will pay X, Y and Z, but the moment you go five cents over it, bye-bye, you've lost them. <laughs> I'm really good at understanding all of that, having done it for so long now. So I yes. understand why people would be asking that particular question. Yeah. There are challenges there when you've been that one person to everybody in every part of it and yeah. it's impossible to stretch yourself that thin. And the only person that loses out from that is me, yeah. I'm the one that's not sleeping. I'm the one that's not yeah. you know, giving up lovely leisurely things to do because I'm busy helping everybody else so boundary setting has never been something I've been good at and this year has been my year to finally after 11 years of like this marathon of sprinting it out uh, has been my first year to really push back and say to Mm. people no I'm not your girl for that or say no to jobs full stop or no I'm not available to style that for that magazine even though that's an amazing opportunity I choose to be home that day because my child's speaking at assembly so not having a fear attached to you being only as good as your last job and I think the creatives amongst us often fear that if you say no they'll never come back well, I think one door opens or one door shuts and one door opens, whatever that saying is, you know where I'm going. With. I know what you mean. Yeah, that one, that old chestnut. That's a really important mantra. And just to have belief in your skill set and, and understand that just because you couldn't be there that particular day for that person or that job, that gig, it doesn't mean others won't come. So rest with that, trust in that. Absolutely. Because I think, especially in the early, early days or early years, it can feel as though, oh my gosh. I'm never going to have this opportunity again. Yeah. Uh, of course I'm going to say yes. And then you've only got so much time. So it's a matter of actually prioritizing and thinking, no, that's okay. That's a great opportunity, but you would rather be there for your child's assembly or to actually just take a day off, whatever that is. Oh my God, like. what is that? That, is, <laughs> that doesn't exist. I don't reckon I've had one of those, honestly, in 11 years. I just wow. think you've got to accept when you run your own business and it's growing the big trade-off may well be that elusive day off so I reckon I've well and truly given that away <laughs> I'm not even holding on to it anymore Emily I'm not even <laughs> saying you know god I need a day off like I don't even let it come into my head do you take time in the week that is I guess your time or you just find it when it arises yeah, look, I could literally go 24-7 with my work. I honestly wow. could. I could literally not turn one thing, one device off and just yeah. go at it 24-7. So I have to carve that out. I have yeah. to say, like last night, my husband and I and the dog jumped into our little golf buggy and hooned over to our little local oh. beach. 
and did this amazing beach night walk. It was yeah. just beautiful, like watching the whole sunset and then the stars start to come out and then the glitter on the ocean. It was just mm. exactly what I needed to fill my cup. So if I don't carve that time out, I'll just be, by the time I've got kids to bed, I will be back on my computer writing more copy, you know, answering questions, helping one of the 50 artists that need help with something, answering all my staff's questions, organising my diary for where I'm supposed to be the next day, the next week, the next year, etc. So, yeah, you've just got to do it, don't you? You've just got to say, you know, yeah. I'm going to be disciplined with this and carve out that hour or whatever it is to make it happen or it won't. Exactly, because there's always more work to do. Oh, there's always, always. more. <laughs> always, never-ending, totally, Yeah. <laughs> I've got a few more questions for you, Julia. I'm wondering how you, I guess, strategize or plan what you're doing with your business. <laughs> and you... Oh, I'm such a wing it girl. I really am. Okay. Just so lucky I met Mr. Green all those years okay. ago. He is like straighty 180, <laughs> spreadsheets for everything. And between him and my my assistant, Kim, who I know you've dealt with yes. in the months that it's taken to get this chat happening, she's like that CSI person in the underground basement attached with wires, answering <laughs> everybody every two seconds. It's like how is she humanly able to do that? But she does. So between her and Adam who run the whole spreadsheet situation, mm. there's always somebody that's organised and in control and planning ahead. I'm the girl that just decide one day I've got a great idea let's do this okay and they'll say okay so there's challenges with that Julia I'll say no there's no challenges we're just going to do it and that is my theory like that is just the way it will I'm just going to do it no one's going to stop me I just will and they just kind of have to pull the reins and keep me on this kind of straight and narrow path or I will literally be off with the pixies and so they give the new idea rigor if that makes sense they give it structure yeah. they give it okay. all of the stuff it needs and they really have to rein in I'm not good at that part okay but yeah. it sounds as though you've got a great business background a great marketing and sales background I'm curious whether if it was yourself without the support of the others that maybe you would absolutely smash it at balancing maybe those ideas and the visions and that type of thing with you execute as well I'm very sure so also the strategies and the execution but maybe is it the fact that you've built that team around you so that you can be in the space that you're best at and you're the visionary of the business and you're the one that does have those unique ideas that has made greenhouse interiors what it is you know I'm turning 50 this year I'm not getting any younger and I've worked myself out it's taken a long time <laughs> after a half a century I really know I am not a good planner per se in terms of full strategy like you know I'm good for a two-hour session in a board yeah. I'll crash it out <laughs> and after that I'm like okay handball and off I go like I'm on to the next idea after that one I'm not really good at being sort of hemmed in to kind of put a, a really rigorous strategy together yeah. that is literally why my husband stepped in because you could see I was just saying yes to 5,000 things whilst creating another 5,000 things yeah. on my own and I was drowning a very slow death. It wasn't a fun place to be at all. So he stepped in and he would now say, you know how you said blah, blah? Yeah, don't say that again. And you know how you just did X, Y, and Z? That's not a good idea. And he just calls it and I love it. Like we've got this yeah. really open, transparent relationship where he will tell me, yeah, you thought that was a good idea, but I'm telling you from a marketing perspective, that's really hard to Let's not do that one, but let's use the idea and try it this way instead. So we're a brilliant team and I'm just so grateful he's in on the act because, you know, yes. God knows where this thing would have landed on the bloody moon or something. I don't know. 
<laughs> do you feel any sense of pressure? I was reading an article and it might be, I don't know now, but how you are the breadwinner of mm. the family. And also you have 50 or so artists that really your business does help support. Does it that ever feel like pressure to you, I wonder? Or yeah, how, it does. How does oh, oh, absolutely, truthfully. I mean, I'd love to just sit here and say, no, it's fine. I just handle it in my stride. No, I don't. I don't handle it in my stride. There's a lot of pressure with that. The breadwinner side of things was certainly an issue early on, but now I don't look at it like I'm a breadwinner at all. I just think this is the business that my husband and I have chosen to work in together. So we made that very conscious decision five years ago. So having him by my side, that's alleviated that pressure of me feeling like, God, it all relies on me saying yes to everything. And it's like anything in life. When you give somebody something and it's a good deal, they either can look at it and say, well, that's great, I'm grateful, or they can say, that's awesome, I want more. And I've got a mixed team of people that always want more. And so I'm such a people pleaser, so I'll go hard after and try and find that more. But sometimes that pressure is huge. And I don't, my artists, I've never really even had this conversation with anyone since so like a truth bomb exclusive just, yeah exclusive to emily osman um <laughs> yeah, this is one of those situations where i think people look at me as just this endless supply of energy just a burst of energy that can go all day and i've created this rod for my back no doubt and that i'm a rainmaker i can just pull money out of the sky for people and i seemingly kind of do but you know there's limits to how you can do it and how much and you rely on them to also pull their weight and do certain parts of the equation to make it all add up. So the pressure there is real. I think, God, that person left their job to paint full time and I'm not making enough money for them and feel the world of responsibility on my shoulders. So I try to shake that off, really shake it off and not let it set in so that it becomes like a, a mindset. I think so much of what I do in this business is about positive mindset and the determination of just keeping going one foot in front of the other and not getting bogged down in the stuff that's yeah. hard if that makes sense so don't often let it settle yes. but sometimes when it comes in and it's there and I'm aware of it and I feel like rubbish I feel like I haven't done enough or I'm not good enough mm -hmm. for this or they want more and I can't give more and then I get frustrated yeah it's hard and I really honestly don't think anyone's probably ever questioned how it is mm -hmm. my end I think they're just enjoying the fruits of my labor and probably just think that I'm really happy doing it all and I am super happy doing it all and it's great but you know you've asked me an honest question and I'm giving you an honest answer it's not always easy to keep everybody happy I try but that pressure is real for sure have you come up with any maybe changes to to make that work or it's just something that you've maybe recognized and you're managing to balance what do you reckon yeah a little bit of both there I think Emily you know I've definitely got to see when it arrives in whatever shape and form it is that pressure I've got to look at it and say do I choose to take this on yeah my choice do I have do I have to take this on or is this something if I just push it right back where it came from and say um excuse me what you've just asked for is not acceptable or that's not possible or what you've already got is very good and I'm going at a full 120% capacity to get it for you and I can't give you another 10% today but we'll work on these goals down the track so yeah that management style is definitely something that I've had to really employ in so a combination of mindset and that uh, helping that's natural like you know anyone that's managing 50 people in amongst a gazillion other jobs is going to feel the pressure, aren't they? I think yeah. <laughs> I'm not superhuman. I'm just a normal person with yeah. a 
normal life like everybody else. And no, you're not. You're Julia Green. You're no, no. you're a unicorn. You're you know. And I'm sure no, that's I'm what not. people think. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the perception, isn't it? And that's where perceptions are really scary. I think I do try and be really like I give a lot of behind the scenes stuff. On I love I love your emotions. your videos, your Instagram stories, your dancing. You're uh, just uh, so good. You'll have to join me in the kitchen sometime, Emily. I reckon we could bust a move, you and I. Look out, look out. You might have to teach me a few, but I'm up for it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's important to keep it real, isn't it? I mean, I'm not a person that runs away with ego or yeah. uh, I don't like egos at all, actually. I really detest them. I avoid them like the plague. If I meet people in the industry with them, I'm kind of like, okay, see you later. <laughs> yeah, I think it's really important to stay grounded and real and that then you attract those people into yeah. your too. So, yeah, that's definitely been a, a lifelong mantra of mine. I can feel it come across with your brand too. It's very grounded, very real. That's um, really lovely to hear. Like that is yeah. one of the biggest compliments to me because I think brand authenticity is so crucial mm. and I think that the moment you try and be something you're not, you can see through it, can't you, like a pane of glass. So, yeah, yeah what you see with me is exactly what you get. Yeah. What what happens in my kitchen is that's me. That is like we're not turning that on for anyone. <laughs> it's just who I am. Always been that way. Probably always will be. People can choose to join in on the fun or not. Mm. That's totally their call. And then you you actually attract people that just love who you are and, and what you're all about. So it's Yeah, great. and you can attract people that don't. And and don't we know that too with social media? Isn't that an interesting minefield in itself? I mean, mm. you were asking about challenges before, and that's certainly been one because I am still to this day the brand voice on all social channels. So wow. I write all my own copy. I'm a really proud mama bear for uh, all of the artists that I represent. So I spend a lot of time really thinking about what I'm saying about their work and why it resonates and connects and why I, you know, I'm the head of their fan club. So yeah. that in itself is a challenge because occasionally you'll cop the haters, you know, you'll cop mm-hmm. people that say, I hate your taste. They're not afraid to tell you that, these people. It's quite interesting. I get yeah. some really colourful DMs in there about, you know, would you please stop dancing in your kitchen? I'm like, who are you to tell me to stop dancing in my kitchen? Can you please not follow me if you don't it's like, like my dancing? Please in the remove kitchen? yourself from my space. Please remove yourself very politely. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's interesting. It's a it's a real quagmire in there that social media, and it's a situation where I can't live without it, but just sometimes can't live with it either. It's yeah, tricky, yeah. tricky stuff, but it's a big driver of our business. So I keep it up and yeah, it's almost like a full-time job just on socials these days. Well, that leads me to what I wanted to ask you next. For those listening that are growing their small business, I know we've got a lot of artists, creatives that listen. You've got so much experience mentoring, supporting, helping other small business owners grow. What would be maybe a couple of just top advice or tips or things that if they're not already considering or doing or thinking is there anything that you would instantly say look I would say this this and this are pretty important yeah I think finding your tribe is crucial in any field but particularly in the creative field you know you really want to find the right people that um, are in your corner so I think Mm -hmm. those that are in my space know I've got their back and I'm going to look after them and that sense of trust is so important Mm -hmm. so yeah surrounding yourself with the right people and having a sense of trust in all business dealings is crucial and that's not always easy to find either so spend the time be prepared to ask the hard questions just don't jump at the first thing that comes along and say oh that'll do it's not enough it needs to be right be prepared to wait it out for the right fit the right people so that your business 
holds its ground and it stays with all those business values and the, the authenticity that we were just chatting about, it's there. You know, you're not trying to turn it on with people that don't embrace it. So I think in my industry or in my job in particular, I've literally surrounded myself with much cleverer people than me. And that's really been the trick. So for small business owners, take a leaf out of my book. You, you won't know everything. You can't. You, you know, no one should be expecting you to either. So fill those gaps with really clever people around you that share your love for what you're doing and have a sense of enthusiasm for it, but are also really good in their space. I'm a big believer in the power of team. I really am. When people combine together with different skill sets, but the same value system, you absolutely make magic. So it's really worth getting that part right. I think the other advice I would say is try not to overthink. I don't overthink anything. I mean, in fact, I'm so busy. I've thought it and I've moved on to the next thought already. And that can be good and bad, obviously. But the good part about that is that I don't really ever get bogged down like, you know, paralysis by analysis. That's just never going to fit into my world because... The moment you do, you start to question everything. Mm -hmm. And I think that questioning too many things can really mess with the system. It can slow the whole flow down. I think just chase it, chase it down, go for it, really give it your best shot. The worst thing that can happen is it didn't work out and you've got to go back to the drawing board. But don't just sit there and question it all and spend too long on strategy. Roll up your sleeves, roll up your sleeves, get your Nikes on and just do it. Love it. Julia, you've got a little exclusive to share. Uh, I've got a little bomb to drop on you, Emily. (laughs) (laughs) What is it? In recent times, especially through COVID, I decided to embrace that time at home and write a book. So that has officially happened. It's done and dusted. And I have collaborated with my idol, my creative idol in life. Her name is Armel Habib and she's a photographer and I've worked side by side with her for at least what's a decade now. So she has been my go-to person, really. If I had to have a mentor, I would say it has been her. And we were fortunate enough to be picked up by Hardy Grant, the publisher, and they said, yes, you guys should do a book together. I chose the topic of colour, which won't surprise anybody that follows what? Greenhouse. <laughs> yeah, so look, it's a really gorgeous book. It really dispels the fear attached to colour, which I find a fascinating thing because I have no fear with colour. Like, you know, I have a fear of jumping out of a plane, but I have no fear <laughs> And I really want people to embrace it because I, I think it can really do amazing things to your psyche, to your mm-hmm. home, to the people that you spend time with, if you get it right. So this book's dedicated to that and it's dedicated to our favourite designers across the entire globe. So it won't be launched until July and I'm really excited by it because I've just seen the hard copy and it's beautiful so again teamwork there's no I in team I I put a few words to it and then there's a gazillion other people that have touched it along the way and made it even better and of course that combined with Armel's brilliant photography it's a coffee table book that people must have I can't wait does it have a name it does it does it's called vivid yeah, so yeah, I can't tell you much more. I'll have to kill yes. you. No, I'm only joking. I would never do that. I would never, ever do that. Ever. Do it in my kitchen to dance off with. Um, but, yeah, so July. So keep your eyes open for that one and um, I'll no doubt splash it all across yes. our Insta because I'm really proud of it. It's a really special thing and it's such a privilege, again, to be permitted to even, you know, write a book. So, yeah, big thanks to the publishers for their vote of faith there. 
Oh, and well done to you. That's a huge thing to do. So I can't wait to get my hands on it, get it on my coffee table and, and just Thanks, explore yeah. it. Oh, that's really sweet. I hope you love it too. I think you will. So Julia, thank you so much for chatting with me. Pretty obvious where to go to find you, but where would you like everyone to go to check you out, follow you, check out the artists that you support? Oh, I'd love them to, to drop in and say hi to Greenhouse Interiors. So you can find a lot of what we're up to on a daily basis on our Instagram, which is just Greenhouse Interiors, or jump onto the website, which is just greenhouseinteriors.com.au. So I'd love to see some more happy, colour-loving folk in amongst the tribe. <laughs> so good. Well, thanks, Julia, and I look forward to speaking with you soon. Thank you, Emily, your gorgeous host. I've loved chatting to you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Emily Osmond Show, brought to you by my Instagram freebies, which you'll find at emilyosmond.com forward slash free. So please take a few seconds to leave me a review, subscribe so that you don't miss an episode, and be sure to take a screenshot of this podcast, upload it to your social media, and tag me at Emily Osmond so I can give you a shout out too. Until next time, remember connection over perfection. You've got this and we'll speak soon.